We are proud to have partnered with Hotmike, the only watch pla- party platform for live sports and TV with a community of hosts, friends and fans together and in sync. To watch us, your Balling in the Six hosts, commentate on your favourite live NBA game as the season returns, please go to hotmike.io and use the code BALLING754 for free access. You can then subscribe to us and be notified whenever we're going live. Welcome to your bonus Balling in the Six episode. We've already done one prediction podcast. That was all the way back in October 2019 when there was, I guess, no sign of a pandemic to come. However, this sort of post-lockdown bubble NBA that we're facing requires another set of predictions from your two favourite NBA analysts, KJ and Varel. Varel, welcome once again to the show. How are you feeling about today? How bullish are you about the predictions you're about to lay out in public on the record to all the listeners? Man, when you put it like that, Camille, it's putting me under some pressure. But I must say, it was like the... Um, I don't know if anyone's seen this TV series. It's called Flash Forward. But, like, I had all these different possibilities, all these different separate timelines of how I thought things would go. I, I had find Alice. And, again, if anyone's seen Sherlock, I was just, like, trying to work out all the different alternative scenarios. So, you know what? I've been pondering about this for... Um, it seems like almost a week, Camille. I, it's driven me absolutely crazy, but I think I'm pretty confident, given all these different permutations that I simulated in my mind, I'm pretty confident with my bracket. Fair enough. Well, uh, talking about some different permutations, I was actually, you brought up uh, the number of different ways that teams could win. Doctor Strange maybe could choose one of the 14 million scenarios where for perhaps the Orlando Magic lift uh, the title, of course, in their own state. Um, But let's get right into it. We're going to go a true playoff prediction, playoff round by playoff round. But firstly, we've established the eight teams that will play in each conference. In the East, it's pretty easy. I predict the Bucks are going to finish first, Raptors second, Celtics third, Heat fourth. I'm going to say Philly jump up to fifth, leaving the Pacers in sixth. Then we're going to say the Nets and the Magic are seventh and eighth. Varel, what do you think? Um, I agree with everything you said. Bucks, Raptors, then I've got Celtics, Heat. I've got also the 76ers jumping the Pacers. Currently, they're on the same record. I've got the Pacers in sixth seed, but I've got the Magic actually uh, securing the seventh spot. And then the Nets, the eighth seed. Great. So let's go to you first. It's going to be Bucks, Nets. Uh, ideally, of course... In an, I guess in a few months this would have been or next year this could be Giannis against KD uh, you know and Bledsoe against Kyrie but now it's going to be quite a weak and net side uh, how do you think this series is going to go? Well um, that series since that would be your bracket um, I would say yeah there's it's I would say 4-1 um, despite the fact that the Nets are so depleted um also said Spencer Dinwiddie has issues so they really have uh, Jarrett Allen and uh, Karis Levert and that's really it um, so 
I actually still see them having a 4 1 because I think maybe the Bucks, um, uh, potentially they're just going to be feeling under a lot of pressure as they're just, you know, they're expected to almost dominate the East. So uh, I, I see them maybe dropping a game, but I, that's it, just 4 1. Right, and uh, obviously in my scenario then, it's going to be the Bucks against the Magic, and I can't see anything, despite the Magic's tendency to overperform in early playoff games, as we saw last year, I can't see anything but a Milwaukee sweep. Uh, that brings us on to, well, let's swap around. It's our, it's our favourite series. I'll go first. It's going to be the Raptors against the Nets for me. Um, yes. And I sort of agree with sort of analysis saying that if KD isn't there, there won't be anyone to stop Pascal Siakam. Who do the Nets have that might be able to stop it? Maybe Karis LeVert? Maybe, um, I was about to say Hollis Jefferson, but of course the Toronto took him last year. So again, I would say for once, the Raptors will win game one and go on to win the next three and I guess complete their first round sweep. Is that It might be in franchise history. So that's that's easy. Is that, is that a similar story uh, for Raptors against the Magic? Yeah, I mean Raptors Magic. I mean that was a pretty good series last year. Um, you know, Terrence Ross had a couple of good games against them. I think just yeah, they're such a young and dynamic team. I'm surprised that you had the Bucks sweeping the Magic. I I definitely would have given uh, the Magic a game against the Bucks and against the Raptors um, without Kawhi as well. I could see it going 4-2. Was that the score last year? I believe that's right, Kamal. Uh, Raptors Magic was 4-1 last yeah, 4-1. year. Right. Oh, yeah, they, they won game game. Two, game. game, uh, won game one, game one. They won game one in Toronto, of course, with the famous oh, okay. DJ Augustine dagger three in the dying seconds. Right. Um, and Lowry, Lowry scoring zero points. Yeah, I, re- I remember that game well. And those of you who have listened to our series uh, will also have relived that very recently. Um... We now go on to similar ties. We're both saying that the Celtics are going to face the Pacers. Uh, last year, this was the first round matchup, of course. Uh, they were both, they were numbers five and four at this stage. And it probably was one of the worst series of playoff basketball that I've ever seen in my short time uh, of viewing the game. Um, it was dull. It was, the offense was turgid. Uh, it was very, very cagey. And the Celtics ended up sweeping it, which, you know, as a Toronto fan, is never never a good, never a good scenario when that happens. Uh, however, in this series, based on the Nets' improvement, and I think it's the possible return of Victor Oladipo, even though there's some doubts over his injuries, uh, he has played extremely well in scrimmages, and it looks like he will take part on good form. Um, during during the playoff series, Miles Turner has also shown a lot of promise, according to several Pacers sources. I think they could give the Celtics a real run for their money here. However, the Celtics have only improved since last year. Their young players have only got a lot better. And so I'm saying the Celtics take this in six. What do you think? No, yeah, I mean... It's really, really difficult to say because last year, I think it was such a big surprise that it was a sweep. They were, of course, without Oladipo, but the Pacers, again, they were so uh, slept on and uh, going into the playoffs, they received almost zero coverage. And, of course, last year, this was a Celtics team in turmoil. Like you said, a lot of the young players, um, it seemed like they didn't quite have um, the chemistry in place. Of course, they had their issues with Kyrie. 
um, you had Terry Rozier coming out afterwards and complaining about um, all the chemistry issues that the team had. And despite that, it was a sweep. And you have to think and ask yourself, well, is it going to be drastically different this year? And the answer is unequivocally yes. Because frankly, Oladipo, um, before he got injured, he had that playoff series against LeBron. Um, if you guys remember, it went to game seven. Um, I think that was the first round in the 2018 playoffs. And um, this was a year where there was there was no surety that the Cavs would actually make the finals. They looked kind of uh, terrible all year. Um, either they came into the playoffs, either as the fourth or the fifth seed against the Pacers. And in all honesty, Oladipo was just going head to head with LeBron. Like, it was awesome to see. It was just like, uh, one guy would drive to the opponent's basket, dish out or score. The other guy would then come up and then just, you know, give it 100%. Like, Oladipo looked like a superstar in that series. And if he reaches anywhere near that same level, I think the Pacers, they've got the series. And the only reason that I have Pacers not only dropping to the sixth, well, dropping to the sixth seed over the Sixers is because Sabonis has got foot issues. And um, supposedly he bruised his foot and it looks like he'll be out for about two weeks. So the only reason that I um, have the Pacers even like I, I'm that I'm even unsure that the Pacers will take it over the Celtics is because I don't know if Sabonis is going to be back for round one of the playoffs. But um, despite that, honestly, even if Sabonis misses like one or two games, I still have the Pacers because that's how good Sabonis and turnover looked all year. And with Oladipo coming back, I think they're going to be an incredible team in all honesty, despite, of course, Tatum's, um, you know, amazing third year that he's had, despite Kemba spearheading this team as well this year. That's a fair point. So, um, just to clarify, how many games and who's taking it? Game seven. Game seven, but Pacers, I've got. Game seven, Pacers. That's an interesting one. Right. Well, the last first round Eastern matchup, uh, both of us are looking at the Heat against the 76ers. Uh, I'll go first again. Um, I think despite the 76ers' promise that they showed, uh, especially on home court, as we know, we discussed last episode, 29-2, and two, their mix of their away form and the fact that Playoff-wise, they're just not as deadly a team as they were last year. Means they're going to fall to a Heat team, which has, by contrast, improved so much since 2019. And I'm going to focus on two players in particular. Those are Bam Adebayo, who's probably, I mean, I'm not sure, did he, as most improved player been voted yet because you know I obviously he's a huge almost a shoe-in for that right 16.2 yeah. we discussed that at the start of the year didn't we Kamel about oh yeah contender for that. That, was, that was that was one of sort of our of course well crystal ball predictions he, I mean and 16 points t- uh, almost 11 boards and 5 assists a game in his 65 games so far it's been absolutely brilliant um, and also their new pickup Andre Iguodala now He's going to play. And as we know, even from last year, and as we know throughout his playoff career, he has been he has stepped up his games, games every single postseason. And he will be such a asset, not only in the depth, but the depth that he does provide. I hope you heard the 
contrast between those two words, the death lineup and the depth that he provides. So I can't see anything past the Heat actually taking this in five games. And we made the point last year about home court. The 76ers don't have any of that, of course, this year. And it's much more important to them than the Heat. So Heat in five. Heat in five. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, that's, that is bloody bold, Kamel. And Iguodala is such a big piece for that team. But the question I have is, so that means that Jimmy's going to be playing like the two again, the shooting guard? Because, of course, you'd have Iguodala at the three unless you're pushing Iguodala to the four and then Jimmy to the three. Yeah, that's right. So, as in, you would have Iguodala at the four. Yeah, so he would play four in the death lineup, or maybe maybe Jimmy could be pushed to two, uh, but you'd have to get rid of um, maybe Kendrick Nunn or, or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero as well. Um, right, that's interesting. Um, with the 76ers team, you know what? Firstly, you forgot to mention Ben Simmons hit two threes in a scrimmage game, so. Uh, clearly he also hit a three in preseason and then went on to take zero during the regular season listen 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 he's a changed man clearly he's now a competent three point shooter so (laughs) that completely changes the dynamic of the centre sixers team Um, but in all seriousness look in the scrimmages they've actually looked pretty good the centre sixers Um, I don't know man you've got you've got Horford and you've got Embiid and is Bam at the stage where he can deal with not only a fresh Embiid, oh, sorry, an Embiid at the start of the game, but then also a fresh Horford coming into the game later as well. I'm not sure he's quite ready to be able to deal with that. Um, of course, uh, they certainly, the Heat have a wing advantage there. I mean, you have that Josh Richardson trade, of course, with Jimmy Butler. So the Heat will know what exactly uh, Josh Richardson will bring to this team. But, um, you know, Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson against Jimmy Butler and Iguodala, that's not a massively uneven matchup, I would argue, Kamel. I mean, um, it's I'd say it's pretty close. And then you've got the guards. Of course, you've had Kendrick Nunn breaking out, but I'd still take Ben Simmons over him. So um, then you start asking yourself about the depth of both benches, and um, it's a tough, it's a it's a tough question. Um, I'd say Sam Sixers probably have a little bit more energy coming off the bench. Like you've got your Matisse Tybels, for example. So um, Tybel versus Hero, maybe, but. Look, um, I for sure don't think it's going to be a five-game series. I think that was a really a, quite a bold call on your behalf, Camille. I would say, again, it's really tough for me not to say that it's going to be a seven-game series. And I would actually have the 76ers uh, taking it over the heat because despite the struggles that the 76ers have had this season, I think they still are a team that were predicted to be perhaps even run away clear favourites before the season started in the East alongside maybe the Milwaukee beat, uh, Bucks uh, of course after you had that Al Horford trade so or that free agency signing of Al Horford so I'd say yeah with, with that being said they're still I think they can kind of work out some of the season issues that they've had and I think they're going to take that series in seven despite how good the Heat have looked this season 
Right, but my qualm with that is the 76ers of last year were a much better team. They had JJ Redick, who is, of course, shooting lights out in playoffs, and they had Jimmy Butler, who, of course, is, is the man that everyone wants to play. He's probably within the top 10 playoff players in the league. That's another discussion, of course, but he is the man you want during a playoff run, and they still lost to a Toronto team finding its playoff feet. No, you cannot compare that Toronto team to this Heat team. No way. That Toronto team is was miles in front of this Heat team. Was it stacked? I mean, they Fred Van Vliet could not buy a bucket last year. It was all down to Kawhi, pretty much. Kawhi, a bit of Ibaka, and a bit of Siakam. That's it. Experience. It had Gasol, it had Danny Green, it had... Um, you know, Kawhi, of course, had playoff experience. You, Carl Larry, despite choking in the playoffs, he had playoff experience. This Heat team, yes, okay, Butler's had a bit of playoff experience, but the only player that you can say has had that experience is Iguodala, and he's just come to the team. Yeah, but, you know, there's a there's a, there's a a difference with the Heat, you know? I mean... Are you saying that Heat team, this Heat team is in front of the Toronto team last year? I would never, I, ever... I'm not saying they are that, but I'm saying... I'm yeah. saying... They mix of the Heat coach, right? Spolstra, you know this. He's a two-time NBA champion, right? As head coach. I know it was a while ago now. Okay. But he has that experience. The 76ers are a worse team than last year. I know they got Horford. I think he's just underwhelmed. And I know they've got some good rookies like Tybal. But again, I, I think they're a much weaker team without Butler and Redick, especially in the playoffs. And I think the Heat team are... I would say while it probably hinges on Bam's performance, you know, how well Bam can shut down Embiid and score on his own end. Yeah. I, I still think they take it in five. I still think the, the lack of home, the, and of course the lack of home court, as I said before, is just too strong. That will be an agree to disagree point, of course. We are making predictions uh, with limited debate. Um, so... I would say, uh, do you want to go into Eastern Conference semi-finals straight away, yeah. or should we switch over to the West for a bit? Uh, no, I reckon let's just finish with the East and then go move on to the West. Great. So uh, my matchup is going to be the Bucks against the Heat, and I'm going to say that the Bucks take this very comfortably. Uh, I'm debating between five and six games, but I think matchup-wise, I just don't think the Heat particularly have a Giannis stopper. I think they're one of the teams best equipped in the conference to stop Giannis but they don't have a they don't have a specific Giannis stopper unless you can think of one but how one particular player of course of course but for example um, Kawhi on Giannis or LeBron on Giannis is very different to a team playing solid defense and maybe playing help or doubling Giannis Um, they don't have a Giannis stopper is what I'm saying and the Bucks I think you don't think Butler could match up no, I think Giannis would drop. Um, I think Gian- Giannis would drop at least twenty-five in Butler a game. Although I must say that in March, when the Bucks played the Heat, they limited Giannis to thirteen points, and he only shot six for eighteen. So, just watching that—that's why I maybe say they take it in six. But I'm thinking the Bucks have much better shooters than last year, more reliable shooters, which is what hurt them against the Raptors, lest you forget the Raptors played extremely good uh, with help defense on Giannis, but when he f- kicked out to a shooter, they couldn't, you know, they they seemed to lose their radar of where the net was. 
So that's why I'm saying the Bucks have this in six. Uh, Resistance from Miami, but... That, that's not- an interesting point, Mel, uh, just to question that. Firstly, I would say the Bucks, I would argue, don't have better shooters. I mean, Brooke Lopez has shot better this year, but he was on the team last year, I believe. Um, they also, of course, okay, they added Carl Corver, but Carl Corver is also is not the type of player at his age where you're going to be playing like 20 minutes anyway. Like, I think in the playoffs especially, maybe they'll play him 10 to 15 minutes, but um, he is their elite three-point shooter. Now, although you've had, you know, Dante Jevchenko, like he's been great this year. He's good from three-point as well. Um, the losses that you actually had with the Bucks, you had... Um, Obviously, Brogdon go to the Pacers, who's a you know a good three point shooter, and um, of course um, my man Miritich went to Europe, who's obviously an excellent shooter. So I don't actually think the Bucks improve success this year is to the fact they that they've had better shooters or better three point shooting. Like I just think. Yeah, they've just found a better chemistry of players. I think Giannis has certainly developed his game even further compared to last year, if that's possible. So, um, yeah, um, I would contest that point that they've got better shooters. I'd also say when you've got a mix of Butler, um, Iguodala and Adebayo in the post uh, for Giannis as well, like you've got at least three players there like who can save... Um, Bucks try to switch on Tiannis. Like they can actually, you know, sometimes switch uh, players. Like for other teams, they would just wouldn't be able to switch. They would have to double him at all costs. Whereas Heat have a little bit more leeway and flexibility. So they are one of the better Yanis stopping teams in the league. And for that reason, if I were to make a prediction of your prediction, Kamel, I would actually say, yeah, it would be a much closer series. And Maybe I would still go with six games, but I think it would not be like a rollover um, by the Heat by any means. Okay, a close six games. That's uh, that's fair enough. But for you, it's going to be the Bucks v the 76ers. What are you saying? Bucks and Sixers. Um, that's that's the thing. 76ers don't match up as well, and so I'm giving it five games. I, right. They, they don't have anyone like. Tobias Harris would get bullied. Josh Richardson wouldn't have a chance. Um, potentially, you would just have to have Al Horford, who Al Horford's just yeah, he's, he's he was an incredible, vers- incredibly versatile defender. But I think we've seen he has slightly declined this season. I just don't think he would have the energy to keep up with the Anis all game. Um, so yeah. The fact that Yanis doesn't really have anyone to stop him, and the fact that Bucks are a much better shooting team than the 76ers as well, um, and and the Bucks would actually be better at stopping um, the 76ers. You've got the Lopez twins who can stop Embiid. Um, you've also got um, maybe Yanis could play defense on Simmons, for example. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think they would be able to stop. Uh, Philly's offense a lot better so for that reason I'd say Bucks in five fantastic um and I'm gonna go to you for the last uh well for the second semi-final Raptors Pacers now this was a excellent series in 2016 it was defined I guess by Paul George's performance um and 
uh, yeah, seven-game series win right to the wire, which Toronto took in the end. Uh, this is be the first time that they have met since, just four years later. Matchup-wise, what are you saying is the key matchups, and who's taking this? Oh, this is so tough for me, Kamel. This you think this will be close? You think this will be closer? Very yes. close. Okay, yeah. interesting. <laughs> okay, and listen to my reasoning here because. It depends so much on if Oladipo is like how he was in 2018, which is such a big stretch. He's very unlikely to be at that level. But, um, and of course, it depends on if Sabonis' injury is not as serious as I suspect. Because for injuries, for big men, they're not a laughing matter. We talked, we discussed uh, Embiid's navicular injury in our injury episode, but. Um, they can really hinder and hamper big men, these foot injuries. So it does completely depend on the health of this Pacers team. But if fully healthy, which is obviously a big if, if Oladipo meshes how I think he will with this team, I can't say anything other than this will be a seven-game series. And honestly, in that scenario, I would give it to the Pacers. But given that, I don't think Oladipo will quite be at his best. Actually, scrap that. It won't be seven games. It'll be six games to the Raptors. But again, that's only because I don't think Oladipo will be a completely full strength. And therefore, um, we're not going to be able to see him essentially versus uh, Siakam. That's what it would be, the, the battle of the two superstars there. So, yeah, I'd say Raptors and six. Fair enough. And uh, I just have one comment to say about Oladipo. And it's something that uh, our more regular, more loyal listeners will know. And that is... Simply, Malcolm Miller, Oladipo stopper. Um, <laughs> which, you know, uh, you never know, Nick Nurse might, might bring out the big guns, or we should say the end of the bench guns uh, in that scenario. Yeah. I'm saying it's going to be the Raptors against the Celtics. Uh, in my in my bracket, it's a yes. matchup that we, I think every single Toronto and Boston fan have wanted for for at least a decade it's it's one of turned out to be a very interesting rivalry within both the eastern conference and of course the division itself and as much and as much as i'm biased i was about to say as much as i hate to say it but as much as i'm biased the raptors are going to take this in seven and I know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to produce a lot of problems. And what they're going to do is going to target the Raptors two spot in particular. It's a week two spot. It's undersized, right? Raptors playoff lineup is going to be Kyle Lowry. Probably put in Fred Van Vliet in there if Norman Powell isn't consistent enough. Then, of course, you know the rest. But Brown and Tatum can take advantage of that. They can target the smaller men. They can get mismatches very easily, especially at the two. The rest of the team... I think sort of matches up fairly well. I think the Raptors are stronger in terms of big men. Uh, Baka and Gasol have performed very well in scrimmages and of course have the experience of last year. And I think someone like Lowry and Kemba almost cancel each other out. Um, and uh, who plays who plays number four for the Celtics again? That's... Um, Celtics? Um, yeah. Well, I think they've had... Uh, Gordon Lyman. Hayward, was it? Yeah, that's the thing. I think they've had lineups with like Jaden Brown at the two, Tatum at the three, Gordon Hayward at the four. But I wouldn't say they have like a fixed power forward. And you have like Daniel Tice uh, at the five. But yeah, I, 
That's right. So, so you have those. So you have those three Mark's in there, right? Smart. Tatum. If you want to say Marcus Smart plays powerful as well, but he wouldn't. He certainly wouldn't start. They would start Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, I mean, someone who so it would be, have to be someone, of course, who would match up with Siakam. But I think they don't have a, def- a Siakam stopper almost. Um, they don't really have a power forward, mate. The only one is Robert Williams coming off the bench. But yeah, they don't really have a power forward even. Yeah, so essentially it's who's going to hurt the other team more. Is it going to be Brown and Tatum or Siak? Exactly. And I think the Raptors just come supplemented by Gasol and Ibaka. We'll take this series. Uh, I think it'll be very hard for... I think it'll be very low scoring, interestingly enough. I don't think we're going to see many games where either team scores over 100 points. But okay. I think it's going to go right down to the wire. And it's going to be the Raptors out on top. But I don't have to say that just because we're a Raptors podcast and it'll be quite disappointing if you go out the second round. Um, but I think Raptors on top and I think they're going to meet the Bucks in the final. Now, I'm going to take this first, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it, man. Go for just it. to show I'm not biased, I think the Bucks are going to easily take this series against the Raptors. Wow. In fact, I think they could do it in five. I want to say six to provide a little bit of insurance. I know Nick Nurse can pull something off. I know everyone wrote the Raptors off after they went down 2-0 against the Bucks last year, and they're going to do it again. Nick Nurse is going to pull something off, but they don't. Raptors don't have that Kawhi-like figure to pull them out of the deep when Giannis is going crazy, when George Hill, who interestingly has shot almost 50% from the three this season, yeah. when George Hill's raining it down. I don't think they have anyone. Uh, and so I think they're going to fall quite meekly at this final hurdle. I think they're going to look slower, they're going to look less hungry, and I think it will just require something special for this series to run close. End of discussion. I can't disagree with that, Kamel. What was, for me, was an ominous sign was Yanis coming out in the media saying that he'd lied about not having a basketball at his house just to gain a small edge over his opponents in case anyone was gullible and stupid enough to believe Yanis wasn't practicing during this intermediate period, which I don't think anyone would have bought. But that shows how laser-focused he must have been uh, during that whole period, trying to progress and improve his game. And, um, you know, I just talked about how the strides in his game have been a big part to why the Bucks have improved even further this season. So four months for Yanis, man. That's... <laughs> That's a long time for somebody who still has so many areas of his game that he can develop, but he also has, you know, such almost unstoppable strengths to his game as well. Um, <laughs> it's so hard for me to say the Raps would even win a game. I just they just don't match up well when when he don't have uh, Kawhi. We saw last year, Yanis. Oh, sorry. Um, Siakam did do a decent job on Yanis, but the Yanis of this year is a different beast. And the big issue is, is that the Bucks are actually quite a similar team to the Raptors in terms of their play style this year. Both are good defensive teams. Both are very good three-point shooting teams. But the thing is, the Bucks just have an edge in every single department. I, aside from defense, I would argue, maybe even depth. I, I'd say Raptors have slightly more depth. But aside from that, um, you've got a slightly better superstar. You've got slightly better shooting. You've got um, 
maybe slightly better, well, definitely better rebounding, I would argue. So um, it's just a poor matchup for the Raptors this year. And so, um, I mean, we've talked about uh, matchups a lot during our discussion today. And, you know, it's not the UFC and it's not boxing where matchups are more inclusive, I would argue. But matchups are still certainly an aspect of basketball and NBA basketball that do, do exist. And uh, for that reason, um, I would agree with Kamel's prediction. I would say the Bucks in five. And I would say if the Bucks are on fire, it might even be the Bucks in four. Wow. Wow. And um, of course, that was. Uh, was that the same as your. What about your particular bracket? Is that is that still working out the same, Bucks Raptors? Or of course, you've got a slightly different. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah conference yeah. final. Um, who, who was it? I would have Raptors again. Paces and then did I not discuss one particular? Yeah, I think you mentioned the Paces um outdoing the Raptors initially. Yeah. Uh, did I say Paces in seven against the Raptors? You no, said no. Paces in seven, yeah. No, I, no, I said you retracting it. I'd have the Raptors in six, but if Oladipo would be completely healthy, which he won't be, then I would have had the Paces in seven. Um so no, I'd still have the Raptors and the Bucks. I don't think I discussed who if the Bucks would overcome um, who would it be? Oh, the 76ers, um, who I had winning. Yeah, the boxers would be the 76ers. So, yeah. uh, conference finals, um, I would say, yeah, um, for the uh, Bucks, it would be Bucks and Raptors for me as well. And I'd say Bucks and five. Right. Well, the Bucks are going to be the team that competes in the NBA finals. Uh, I realize this episode is pretty long, so we're going to have another, we're gonna, now going to have a swift look at the Western Conference, um, there's a little bit of uh, difference in who we're saying is the eighth team here. I've gone with the Trailblazers. Varel has gone with the Grizzlies. Regardless, uh, I both believe. I think we both believe the Lakers are going to carry out a sweep on whoever, simply because there's no one who can stop LeBron and AD. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm not sure much more discussion is needed on that. Is there just well, actually, um, Anthony Davis does seem to have an eye injury, but I think that should clear itself up before the uh, playoff start. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, we forget that they do have seven regular season games, and we are, we are discussing playoffs here. But you know, of course, they have games to get back in rhythm. Not only the scrimmages, and they go straight into playoffs, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we we should assume every team is top chemistry and top fitness. Uh, by the time playoff roll, rolls around unless they have a devastating injury of course um, Clippers against the Mavericks I think this will be one of the more interesting series in the West of course Mavericks we are yet to see playoff Luka can he right. turn it on when it matters against such an elite defensive team because you know they're going to throw PG and Kawhi at Luka right and yeah. maybe even Harrell uh, so I'm wondering who can Luka turn it on and if not are they really going to rely on the likes of Seth Curry to get them an upset win against the second seed? No, I think um, that's exactly who I would have on Luka, actually. I would 100% have uh, Kawhi on him because they're roughly the same height and he is their most dangerous offensive player. And uh, Paul Zingas, I think, matches up with Harrell as well um, for them defensively. So, yeah, I mean, this it's offense versus defense this game. How tight, it's got, how tight is it going to be? That's the thing. Um, I just don't think Paul Zingas is quite at his best. Like this season, he's been, he's been pretty good for the Mavs, but he just hasn't been at the same level he was for the Knicks. And for that reason, 
I'd say Clippers on five. I'd give Mavericks a game just because of Luca, but I think unless Porzingis is at his absolute best, um, I don't think this Mavericks team is, are quite serious title contenders yet. And I also think they uh, Powell um, also had a, a like season-ending Achilles injury as well, if I'm correct in saying. Um, so he's such a big loss for them. Um, yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, so he's such a big loss for them coming off the bench as well. He, like, he was so energetic for them off the bench. So um, they don't ha- quite have the same depth that they did have in the regular season, which was one of their big strengths as well for this Mavs team. They had 10 to 12 players who could just slot straight into the starting lineup almost. Um, that's how good their depth was. So, yeah, um, that, that's a big loss for them. And so I'd say Clippers and five. Yeah, I can uh, I can agree with you more. Just it's just going to be quality showing up over you know exuberance and youth really. Yeah. Um, Nuggets against the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, no, there's only have, uh, my Rockets. I said that I would have Rockets. <laughs> my... Yeah. Sorry, Rockets. You'd have you'd have the Rockets in this game. Yeah, because um the Thunder have looked awesome in all honesty and. Um... Yeah, I, even though they're on the same record at the moment, uh, Thunder and the Rockets. Uh, oh, we've got the Jazz there as well. You know what? I'm actually going to have the Jazz drop down to the sixth seed. Okay. Okay. Because the Go Rockets ahead. look really good as well. And I think um, due to the chemistry issues that they've got at the moment, um, Mitchell and Rogue go bad, like due to the whole Corona thing. Uh, you guys probably know this, but I think it seems as if Rudy Gobert gave Donovan Mitchell Rona after you know touching all those microphones and not taking it seriously at all and supposedly they've had um, quite a fractious relationship um, and so uh, due to those team chemistry reasons they're only a, a win in front the Jazz at the moment of the Thunder and the Rockets so yeah I would have the Jazz as the 6th seed uh, the Rockets the, as the 5th seed and the Thunder as the 4th seed Right well I'm going to I'm going to throw something in the mix. I'm just going to swap the Jazz and the Thunder. I think everything else is going to be the same. I think while Harden has looked very good and the Rockets overall have looked an excellent unit, especially towards uh, just before the uh, COVID hit, uh, I, d- I don't see how I don't see how any of them are going to fall. I think obviously the fractions between uh, Gobert and Mitchell and etc. Could have an impact, but uh, come playoff time, come, come a neutral court, I think the Jazz are going to hold. I, just, I think they'll hold. Of course, it's very, very close. Even the Nuggets could slip. Exactly. But, uh, I think the Nuggets are too strong. So I'm, I'm going to take this and say the Nuggets are going to face the Rockets, and I'm going to say the Nuggets are going to take it in seven games. Just because, and I know it's very early to comment on Bol Bol, but just because they have, you know... The Joker, they have Jokic, who's, you know, consistently one of the best players on the courts in almost all areas of the field, or of the court, sorry. And now they have another big man, skillful big man to throw into the lineup, along with, of course, the Nuggets' famous depth, which, as we discussed last episode, I think will be much more needed this season than any other. I can't see Harden despite his well he's obviously he's not got the best playoff record in the world but despite his form this year I can't see him single-handedly overcoming that Nuggets team and I'm saying this in spite of the Nuggets losing 
their home court's advantage, of course. Yeah, oh, wow. This is such a tough one. Um... But you, of course, you've got you've got the Nuggets against someone else, so yeah, yeah. you just got your matchup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I lost my matchup because I genuinely don't even want to predict that. Um, so the Nuggets <laughs> against the Jazz, two of my favorite teams in this conference. Um, I'd have the Nuggets. I just think relationship issues at this stage, and with the fact that you know all of these players are dealing not not just with Corona, but being within within the bubble as well. So you're probably going to see tempers flare even more because these guys aren't with their family. They, they're, they're probably anxious every single game they go out there. What if I get vi- the virus? What's going to happen to me? So any sort of animosity in a dressing room, I think, is going to have a detrimental impact. And so for that reason alone, despite the Jazz, despite me talking about like the, before the season started that I thought they were top three team in the West. I mean, their starting five is just a joke. Um, yeah, despite all those things, uh, <laughs> I think I'd have to have them losing to the Nuggets, maybe in six. I'd say the Nuggets in six over the Jazz. Right, so the Nuggets march on in both our scenarios. Um, what are you saying about the Thunder taking on the Rockets? So this, is, of course, has historical significance historic rivalries um who who are you saying takes it though especially those will come out on the court because we know as with we even saw it in the raptors trailblazers scrimmage in terms of we've seen seen a lot of weird fights on the court in quite a low-key atmosphere so i assume in this series in particular animosity is really going to come out so who do you think is going to come out on top um i think the rockets and i think it's a terrible matchup for this Thunder team. Um, you've got two guards and Shane, Chris Paul, who I don't think have the defensive capability to stop Russ and Harden. And of course, Chris Paul was uh, for a long time one of the better point guard defenders in the league. But um, this season, it, it, it's not the same. It's not like um, a first team or second team all defense that uh, Chris Paul that we saw like seven, eight years ago. Um, I, I just don't think either of them have this, uh, the explosiveness to stop Harden and Westbrook. And so um, what what a guard matchup that is though, Camille. Shea and young gun and the old gun for the Thunder versus I guess the two old guns, but the two superstars for the Rockets. Like that's just, it's going to be an awesome series to watch if we get to watch it. But um Despite the increased length of Thunder have as well, of course you've got Stephen Adams as well, um, and the, the Rockets don't really have a centre, which is going to be a big issue. Uh, despite that, I would have the Rockets in, I'd say six. The Rockets in six. Wow, Rockets in six. So um, Harden will march on, and who's he facing now in your bracket in the uh, semi-finals? So there, I had. The Rockets as the fifth seed, so they would be facing the Lakers, the Los right. Angeles Lakers. And, you, and you, are they going to bother them all? Is Harden going to? Can Harden really cause LeBron no, any no, sort of trouble? No. Done. Well, so no, it's interesting thing though. It's actually quite a nice matchup because you've got guards versus forwards here, essentially. Yeah. In terms of superstars, so yeah. But no, you know, LeBron's been playing as a point guard this year, hasn't he? So. Um, 
I just think Lakers have way too much length. <laughs> like, Lakers are by far the longest team in the league, and then you go against a team without a center. So for that reason, it might even be a sweep. But I'd say five games if I'm being generous to the Rockets. But it's just such a terrible matchup for them. Yeah, maybe maybe Harden will go off in one one of the games. Maybe he'll yeah, go yeah, 50, yeah. 60 and. Right, well, uh, that's yeah. I can't argue with that. In my in my particular one, it's going to be the Lakers against the Thunder, but I think just the Thunder are just too small. You're right about them being very long, but again, it's going to be guards against forwards here, right? It's going to be Chris Paul, it's going to be Schroeder, it's going to be Shy. Yeah, they they don't have any. I mean, who on the Thunder is going to defend uh, LBJ and Davis? No, it's a good question because. Gallinari is good for them offensively, but yeah, you, he's never ever going to be able to stop LeBron, for example. So, um, no, Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams will do a decent job, I think, on Davis. He couldn't stop him, but he might be able to slow him down. But, um, and Stephen Adams actually has had a terrific season for the Thunder. He's a big uh, part Very of Very underrated season, yeah. Uh, Very underrated. Um, you know what? I don't think it's as bad a matchup for the Thunder. Um, so, yeah, I'd maybe have them in six games again because I do think they have a better guard depth than the Lakers, especially with Rondo out as well. So, I'd say the Lakers in six over the Thunder. Well, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the Thunder a lot less credit and I'm gonna say another sweep for the Lakers. I'm giving, I'm giving CP3 and the gang no chance at all. Uh, and that leaves me in the other bracket with the Clippers against Nuggets. And, you know, in the interest of time, I'm just going to say that this is just going to lead up to a Lakers-Clippers Western Conference final. I think it's what we all want. And specifically because the Clippers, we talked about their big men, but we also know that the Clippers, uh, Nug- sorry, the Nuggets big men, we also know that the Clippers can especially guard big men. You know, Kawhi, a big unit, Harrell, uh, short, but a very hustling unit and you know they've got they've got the means to contain everyone outside Jokic and we know that Jokic can't do it on his own when you've got Kawhi and PG and you know everyone else going the other way so I think it's going to be tough there's going to be a bit of resistance there but I can't see the Clippers taking it in more than six games I, again, I don't have anything much else to add there. Um, yeah, you've got I'd a slightly say, different matchup, of course. Um, no, no, I would still, I would still have the Clippers versus the Nuggets because I would have the Nuggets. Oh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So no, for there, I would just say um, as long as the Clippers players don't visit any more strip clubs because it seems like they do have a propensity for doing so. Um, as long as that doesn't happen, I think yeah, they it should be Clippers and six. Yeah, so I mean, they just got to watch for Lou Will, right? I what mean, was Lou Will? You saw that video of Kawhi as well back in the day as well. I saw the video of Kawhi, but I mean, luckily, I don't think I don't think Disneyland has any of those sort of establishments um, out there. If I'm particularly honest, but it also um, seems like it didn't seem to stop uh, Lou Will as well. And oh yeah, but Lou Will is different. I've heard George has got quite the appetite as well for it. So oh, of course, but I mean, to be fair, Lou Will was just going for the hot wings. He wasn't going for anything else. <laughs> So it's good, but you never know the players' families aren't there, etc. It can be very difficult. But um, I think uh, it's quite interesting. The Athletic today did a deep dive into uh, the the hot wings that Lou Williams actually picked up. 
um, they did a full review and everything. Read it. It's by Chris Kirshner. Um, it, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, as long as Lou Wills doesn't get a craving anymore, and as well, well, and as long as other players don't get a craving of a different type, I think they'll be perfectly fine. Um, just out of interest, before we go on to sort of the two biggest predictions that we're going to make in terms of Lakers Clippers and then whoever wins against the Bucks, um, have you have you been watching the bubble videos by Javal and Matisse? I haven't watched any by Matisse. I've watched a couple by Javel. How come you ask? Have you watched all of them? Yeah, I've pretty much watched all of them now. The um, but the players seem to be having a lot of fun. I was actually going to fear that they're stuck. They're completely stuck in a bubble, and you know, some things. Someone's going to do something stupid. Someone's going to escape, uh, or go somewhere, or invite some people somewhere, or get up to whatever sort of shenanigans. But right, right, right. we've been sort of lucky enough that um. <laughs> It, n- nothing of the sort has happened and you know they, they have access to golf they have access to um you know fishing that sort of thing uh, uh so on, they were on they were on sailboats i know matisse got stranded on sailboat so i think regardless i think all players will maintain their discipline just for it's yet to be seen of course there's still a lot of time to go till the western conference finals but i think the players have a good chance of maintaining that discipline um they're paid professionals. If they don't, I think it's a disgrace. Even if they didn't have all those facilities and amenities as well. Absolutely. Um, second biggest prediction of this episode, Lakers Clippers. It's the one we all want to know. It's the one, it's the game which perhaps endeared us most pre-lockdown. But what are you saying over a potential seven game series? You first, sir. You first. I don't want to dare go first. Oh, Lord. What? I'm only saying the Lakers for almost sentimental value. I think in the season where Kobe Bryant passed, I think in a season where LeBron knows he's 35 and knows this is one of his last chances to wrestle another championship, to add another ring to his arsenal. With AD looking pretty much very sumptuous in the post, with Danny Green with a huge amount of depth. I think they have just got the perfect team built. And I think while the Clippers have those two two of the most dangerous defensive wings in the NBA, I'm not sure the rest of their team can cope with the pure firepower that the Lakers bring. I think maybe if this was at Staples for seven games, we'd have something different. But I think the Lakers' desire will pull them through I'm not going to say seven. I'm going to say six games. And I know you're going to disagree with me. Sentimentality. Sentimentality. Kamel Jaffa. They're playing for Kobe. They're playing for Kobe. You didn't even have it in seven. You have all these other irrelevant series in seven. and not. You know what? This, this is important. So why don't we go through the starting lineup matchups and even the six man one by one. And, and we, we can see, you can see where I'm coming from. Camille, 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 Camille. We don't have to go through any matchups. We don't have to go through any lineups. Listen to me carefully. <laughs> the Clippers, this this will automatically just, it's not even winning the argument. It, it, it just shows that there is no argument to be made here. The Lakers have lost two players during this intermediate period. They've lost um, Avery Bradley indefinitely. And Rajon Rondo, who knows how long he'll be out. I think... His timeline looks like he may or may not be back 
for the conference finals. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm correct in saying that, but irrespective of that, you're still going to get a not a full strength Rajon Rondo who's already waning in his powers, despite, of course, the decreased role he had for this Lakers team. Who do you replace with those? You replace them with uh, J.R. Smith, uh, despite, okay, fine, he splashed six from seven the other day, but he ain't got going to get anywhere near that same type of uh, luxury in space uh, that he did against the Wizards, against the Clippers. And although JR seems like the type of player who shoots better when he's being guarded, nonetheless, um, he's just, he hasn't played for like a year and a half. Um, then you've got Dion Waiters. Of course, we all know about his inconsistencies. For the Lakers, there's just too many unknowns. There's, there's too many things we wouldn't talk about with them. Um, Whereas the Los Angeles Clippers, we can actually go through one by one if you want to. Because that is possibly, in my eyes, if you just look at it on paper, that is the greatest defensive team potentially ever alongside those Bulls teams. There are too many unknowns, but there are also two knowns. And I'm going to bring them up again and again. It's LeBron and Davis. I'm not... How are, the Cl- how are the Clippers stopping LeBron and Davis from dropping 30-plus each game? I know they've got the defenders to do it. But in that scenario, in a conference final, one of LeBron, when LeBron, who, by the way, is going to pick up regular season MVP most likely, and Davis, who one of the top five performers this year, how can they stop them both? I mean, and, of course, if we go by my predictions, this is a Lakers team who've only played um, eight games so far. I mean, it's so not about stopping them both. Firstly, do you think at this stage LeBron is a better player than Kawhi in the playoffs? LeBron is better than Kawhi in the playoffs. Yes, genuinely. Genuinely, and this, this is, of course, this is coming from right, a Raptors right, fan who right now, Raptors like, fan who watched every minute. Right this second. Sorry, say that again. Like not three years ago, not five years ago, not last year, but today like if they had the finals today you would take lebron over Kawhi. yes oh my god after all the fucking carrying that man did for our raptors team last year he's a back the only reason i would say maybe lebron's better is because Kawhi's back he's got scoliosis from all the carrying he did last year but i think i would make the argument that Kawhi's uh playoff pedigree is, it might even be higher even at this stage in his career because he hasn't had any letdowns he hasn't had any chokes like LeBron has had in his career all we've seen from Kawhi is just deadly accuracy and coolness and a steely nerve under pressure that's all we've ever seen from him um, in the regular season fine you might argue LeBron over Kawhi but at this stage especially at LeBron's age not not to hate on LeBron too much he's obviously top three player in the NBA still but um, for me, like I would take Kawhi over anyone at the moment in the playoffs. Over Yanis. Kawhi over... isn't in the question. Kawhi, it's not Kawhi versus Michael Jordan. It's LeBron versus Michael Jordan for a reason. Kamel. And this season, he is playing some of the best basketball of his 18-year career. At the point guard position. That's really important to say because he's not going to be able to have the same impact at the point guard position against a team with the defensive prowess that the Clippers have. That's the important point. 
LeBron, the reason why he would succeed in the race, oh, LeBron is always going to be his man in, in the matchup he has. And as soon as he beats his man, he either goes to the rim to lay it up himself, he either lobs it up to Anthony Davis, or he dishes it out to a shooter. But he's not going to be able to beat that first man at the point guard position because that first man is going to be Kawhi. And as soon as that happens, if you don't get, if you aren't able to get the same playmaking that you would get from LeBron normally, then already then I would say the Clippers have a massive advantage because this LeBron, he's he's incredible the point guard position now. But I would argue if he was to take the same role that say he did for the Heat right now, then Kawhi would have him for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, Kamel. But am I aware? Am I correct in saying that? he took on a very different role during his uh, partnership with Kyrie Irving. He wasn't necessarily the ball handler for all the possessions. He took on a different role and he was not the second option, but you know, he wasn't the guy bringing the ball up to court. And I don't see why he can't transition back into that role again if he's going to face those problems. Do you know why, Kamel? Go on. That was four years ago. You're saying he's degraded since then? His athleticism is certainly not the same. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, highlights, whatever. He does not get up like he used to. That that is a fact. I've seen enough. I've seen enough tape of LeBron now to say that with absolute certainty. He doesn't have like a ridiculous forty-three inch or whatever vertical that he had before. Like he's still athletic. Don't get me wrong. He's still got a phenomenal engine on him, but he's not going to be like denying. Um, Montres Harrell at the rim. So no, I don't. I don't think in a matchup straight head to head with Kawhi that he's got anything on him. If it was to be like a final on stretch, I, it's going to happen. I would argue that the Lakers are in a much better position. Uh, position if in the playoffs they actually choose to go to Davis as the primary option when it comes to crunch time. I don't know what you think. Okay, well, I think. We have to agree to disagree on this, and it's, we're just coming up to an hour in this podcast, actually. Yes, so I think we should just give the team and the number of games. I'm saying Lakers, I've already said Lakers in six. Are you going to buck the trend, pun intended, and go for the Clippers? Obviously. Don't say after all this time I'm... you're going for the Lakers. But <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly. The only thing I thought in my mind was uh, how many games am I going to give to them? And you know what? Despite the blasphemy of saying it's going to be six games from you, I'm tempted <laughs> to say it's going to be sweet from the Clippers. But um, oh, wow. I, I've got some self-control. Wow. So I've wow. got some self-control. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Clippers and seven. All right. Great. Well, um, what I think we should do is um, give our predictions for the, well, Clippers, you, you're saying Clippers box. I'm saying Lakers box. Right. We can give our predictions now, or we can wait until the NBA finals start and do a more in-depth analysis. Um, in all honesty, uh, we will probably do a bit more of an in-depth analysis by the time even say conference finals come around. Anyway, because um, things would have changed by then as well. Kamel players may have True. come back from True. Well, uh, well, 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 um. Why don't you? De- okay, so let's. Uh, let, why don't you give a you know thirty second, one minute summary of how you think a Clippers box series is going to go, ending with your final prediction and your twenty twenty NBA champions. Far too much experience on the Clippers. 
you've got a team or every single player on that team is is experienced they're a vet um aside from maybe you could argue Montrez Harrell and as much as I want Yanis to you know perform under the lights in the big moments and I think he will I think he's going to have some clutch performances all throughout the playoffs and I do think he's going to make the finals and I do think he will show up in those finals I still don't think it's quite his time yet and even if this was a Lakers Bucks series I still would have gone with the Lakers over the Bucks and um, so for that reason um, and part of that reason also I still think Yanis needs to add shooting to a greater extent I think he needs to become more of a threat from the outside and so for that reason I'm going to say it's going to be the Clippers not in seven but in six over the Bucks. well I have another LA team winning for a very similar reason the torch is not ready to be passed to Giannis just yet LBJ is going to take this and he's going to take this however in seven games I think it's going to be a tougher matchup then the Clippers, thanks to, of course, the more obvious one, the more obvious star in Giannis, uh, who has, of course, revolutionized this season and potentially revolutionized uh, the whole decade. Uh, well, the decade to come, as it were. Yes. yes. Um, I can't see past the Lakers in seven. I can't see the Bucks taking the clutch moments necessarily. I think the Bucks' victories, if when they do get them, are going to be comfortable or they're even going to be blowouts. But I think in those close games, in any close games, the Lakers are going to edge it thanks to their experience and thanks to the pure desire, talent, and of course, sentimental value that the, <laughs> that the um, franchise possesses. Um, I think we could see a very crucial block on Giannis here by either one of LeBron, but more likely Anthony Davis to seal one of the games. Uh, if that's to seal game seven, then it will be one of the best playoff moments in all time in between, I think, two of the best NBA Finals teams of all time. And uh, we've just hit an hour. So um, I'm just going to end it with Lakers in seven. Okay. And um, that's, again, a disgrace that you think it's going to be closer <laughs> between uh, the Lakers and the Bucks. And compared to the Lakers and the Clippers. The- uh, you know, I'm, well, I'm also bi- I'm biased not only towards Toronto, but towards the East as a whole. Uh, we're a much weaker conference, but, you know, East will, the East will rise again. So uh, not only politically, honest, but we did, basketball we did terms. We did agree for the most part. And I think... Um, We've had some healthy debate, uh, despite me getting irritated at points. I think, yeah, I think that was a fairly nice recap. And we'd also like to know, just any of the listeners, um, if you guys want to drop maybe your predictions on our Twitter or just like, uh, even if you don't take that step, just have a think for yourself. Like, what do you see as your bracket being? Like, are there any major agreements or disagreements with us or... I imagine for most people, the general trajectories of these playoffs are going to be fairly similar and fairly fixed, I would imagine, Kamel. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you don't have the Bucks or one of the LA teams in the NBA Finals, um, right. I think you're, you're, you're going out on a limb there. But yeah, yes. no, as Royal said, uh, well, so we'll both be posting our individual playoff brackets on the uh, on our Twitter account at Balling in the Six. Uh, you can do this very easily by going to printyourbrackets.com slash images slash fillable dash nba.pdf. Yes, I know that's a mouthful, but I'm going to put the link in the description and on the Twitter. 
so uh, you can see what we predicted uh, after this uh, after this quite bumper episode, really. And uh, yeah, make sure you drop your own to us, and uh, we'll give shout outs to some of you when we come back. Um, as as we said in the advert before the episode, make sure you tune into our hot mic episodes. We're going to be advertising this a couple of days before we go live. Uh, of course, hot mic for those of you who maybe forgot. It's been a long episode. Um, you can watch your favorite NBA games, but we're going to commentate for you live and for free. So uh, again, we're going to drop the code, drop everything in the description to make sure you click on that. But um, yeah, the guest thanks for joining us. The next time we speak, we'll have played NBA basketball again. Something I guess in March, none of us could have really imagined would have happened in summer. So we're all very grateful for that. Enjoy your week, guys. Peace out. <laughs>